Hello, my modern women. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni, the single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. Hello, my modern women. I am back this week of Sunday Dating Scaries with my dear friend and psychologist, Rachel Ticasio. In this episode, Rachel answers some of your questions to do with how to restart your life after divorce, as well as how to navigate the dating pool when you don't want kids. And last but not least, how to cope with the lack of physical touch and intimacy when you're single. My modern women, if you haven't already, please sign up to the first ever Single at 30 online event being held by Rachel and I this October via the Single at 30 Facebook group. I'll leave a link for the event in the show notes today, but the workshop will be covering all of the reasons why attracting healthy love starts with you. Guys, if you're struggling to find love or wondering if it's even possible for you, make sure to sign up to this event. Rachel, welcome to Sunday Dating Scary. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Okay, so three listeners wrote in. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the first question. Someone wrote in saying, I got married at 26 and was divorced by 28. I feel like a failure. What advice do you have for dealing with the embarrassment of having to admit you're divorced as well as having to restart your life all over again, all before the age of 30? Well, first thing that probably comes to mind for me is identifying with the word divorced, like the language that we use when we talk to ourselves about who I am, like we're throwing a label on it, like why does being a divorcee mean that is a bad thing? It's so true. It's like the label of being single. Like why does it even matter what our status is? It's like I tried and I was not successful. Like there's this big stigma around it's a failure. It doesn't mean it's a failure. We're 26. We're still trying to figure out who we are. We're a baby. (laughs) Our baby, yeah. Um, In terms of starting your life again is I think we start our lives over many times and I don't know that when we're at that age, that we're really aware of how many lives we live within one life. Yeah. And I think that that's so true and really important to remember. And almost like, I think the true failure, if we want to use that word, is not reinventing ourselves mm. in, throughout life. Mm-hmm. You know, like change is growth. Yeah. And that's something that we should embrace mm. as scary as it can be. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I've got a favourite quote that I often share with some of my friends around, um, you know, a true friend or a close friend will attend the funerals of all the different versions of us that we used to be. Wow, I love that. Mm-hmm. So we do die many deaths within ourselves in our lifetimes. We shed many layers, depends how you want to look at it, what like resonates the most with you. But in terms of the listener's question, I think that my advice would be just be gentle and kind to yourself. It's divorce is a version of grief and loss. You know, you're grieving the future that you thought you would have. You're grieving um, the person. You're grieving the parts of yourself that you leave behind with the person that uh, you're in the marriage with. And just be gentle, go slowly. It's so true. But I feel like because a lot of listeners write in about this, Mm. how should they navigate dating as a divorcee? Um, it's actually no one's business, like what's in your past, really. It's about how you choose to Love identify that. it and what you want to share about it and when. I think there's this big pressure that I'm this thing and it's really bad and people are going to judge me because I'm this. Like uh, personally for me, I was a widow at 29 years old. So widow has a real like negative connotation to it. People think you should be like 50, 60, 70 when that's happening to you in your life. And it was certainly intimidating thinking about how am I going to share that when I'm out in the dating pool. And so how did you share that? When it felt right for me. And I think that that is the most important thing. Mm. And it depends. Some people, it would be like straight up. 
I'd be able to say it straight away. Other people, I would wait a few dates or something, or you'd just give away different parts in different conversations. Did anyone ever freak out? No, surprisingly, they didn't. How good is that? It was very fortunate. And I think that's, again, an example of how much pressure we put on ourselves of what other people expect of us. We often think we're the only person in this situation, that nobody else would know what it's like to be a divorcee or have lost or have a version of trauma or something in their story. We always feel like we're the like the worst person, like we're in the worst spot in life. But I think if you can meet someone that can hold space for that in the dating pool, it means there's someone that they're, that's at least deserving of your energy. It's so true. And also everyone has their history. Everyone has been through something themselves. So it's about relating to that and not being judgmental. And if you do come across somebody who judges you for having a history, they're probably not somebody you should have in your life. They're not worth your time. Exactly. Okay. Love that. All right. So question number two. Someone wrote in saying, I feel like there is such a stigma around women who don't want children. I'm 32 and still have people ask me why I don't have children. What advice do you have for navigating the dating pool when you don't want kids as well as how to deal with the judgment that comes with not wanting them? I really feel passionate about this question. As someone who wasn't sure if they wanted children, I was very much like, unless I meet the right person, I'm not going to have children. And I got judged for that. So I'm so curious to hear what you have to say about this. The first thing for me is why do people judge themselves first about why they don't want children? I feel like we have these expectations that other people are going to think this, this and that when they're our mirror. And really, we're already judging ourselves. Like, do we think we're selfish? Do we think we're not going to be a good enough parent? Do we think we're going to make mistakes? Do we think we don't know how to do the mum or dad thing? Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like in this particular case, they're ju- judging themselves for being honest about the fact that they don't want kids. Yeah, like we're not allowed to be honest or speak our truth. Yeah, like we're somehow failing in our role as women, right? Yeah, and I think that's hard because biologically you're supposed to be programmed to have children. Like you're so maternal or, you know, you come from a big family. Why don't you want this kind of thing? So I think dealing with judgment is something you've got to do internally first. Mm-hmm. So come to a level of acceptance that it's okay that I don't want children or it's okay that I'm unsure if I want children. It's so true because I very much knew that in my 20s, I didn't want to settle down. I didn't want to get married and I didn't want to have kids. And when I went on dates with older men, mm-hmm. literally first and second date, they were like, I want a kid. I want two kids yeah. within the next five years. And they just like came at me with their timeline. And I was so comfortable with my own timeline. I was like, well, that's not me. I'm not ready for that. And I'm not a baby factory. So like you said, it's about like accepting where you're at and being completely like comfortable backing that and then being like, okay, well, you don't like want to meet me on that and being okay with that as well. Yeah. And uh, hats off to those guys that are able to say that, like how much there's a lot of stigma around, you know, we tippy toe around the other person. Don't say this on the first date. Don't say that on the first date. I think if we know what we want, if we're dating to be in a relationship and we want long-term, just say what you mean. Like you need to have your own back. Don't waste your time and don't waste the other person's time because the person who gets heartbroken is you. 
It's so true. And it was a wonderful screening process because like mm-hmm. I said, I was like, well, that's not me. Yeah. You want a woman who's ready for that. But it was funny because I feel like women have this reputation for mm-hmm. coming on too strong. But my experience dating in my late 20s were men really scared me away with yeah. all of that because they were just so ready for that commitment. Mm-hmm. And it was probably because I was older. So I was dealing with like a different level yeah. of like maturity and, and you know, people were at a different phase in their life. But certainly it wasn't me coming in with those expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I often think, and I've never said this to anyone, and I'm not recommending it necessarily, <laughs> that nobody ever says, well, why do you want children? Mm. Like and that, that might sound offensive, but there's never any like, why do you want children? Like, is that not selfish? Like, yeah. You know, like you don't want to think like that, but even for you to process it yourself, just think about the opposite of what that feels like. And I always discuss this with my closest friends because obviously I'm very open about, well, I don't necessarily think that having children in this day and age is a wise decision to make, you know? Um, And so this is definitely something that comes up a lot in conversation with my friends. And I even ask my now partner, you know, because you've got to consider, is this actually the right thing to do? You know, on some level, I think it's almost like neglectful to bring a child into this world. So you've got to be really sure about the reasons why you want to have kids and also sure that you can provide a certain lifestyle for them that's going to actually be good for them in the long run. Yeah, and I think what makes a difference is who your partner is and what you believe they can bring to the table because you might be in one relationship and be like, there is no way I would want to have this person's child for whatever reasons, doesn't mean they're good or bad, the person. Um, but, you know, there might be somebody else like, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to, like, create this little human life with you. But the flip side is having a child makes you vulnerable, like, a thousandfold. You're responsible for this little person. You can't protect them. And we know what goes on in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, so which comes back to just have your own back, know your own reasons. So true. Okay. And so in terms of dealing with the judgment, you think that starts with you? Yeah, because the first person that judges you is always yourself, but we project that onto everyone else. But say this person's going on a date Mm -hmm. and she's really into this guy and she says, but hey, I don't want to have kids. And then he makes her feel bad about that. Mm. What advice do you have for dealing with that situation? I would tell her to get up and leave, (laughs) 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 which Which is easier said than done, but perhaps coming up with like a one-liner, like I understand that and I respect that's how you feel. However, I would appreciate if you can respect that we have different opinions on this and that we don't need to take this conversation or this part of the conversation further. Happy to continue spending my time with you on this date, but please let's not go there. Okay. And would you say that they're probably not compatible long-term? Not necessarily because people can change their mind and how they feel, but um, be really honest with yourself. Like people will show you who they are. You just have to believe them. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done. Very true. <laughs> okay, question number three. I have been single for five years now. Mm-hmm. I am a super affectionate person and I'm really struggling with the lack of physical touch and intimacy. What advice do you have for dealing with that so that I don't go crazy? Mm. So I'm assuming that's like a love language for this person who's written in would probably be physical touch. Mm-hmm. And as human beings, we need connection and physical touch is so important in terms of feeling safe, nurtured, secure. Um, we can show our love languages to ourselves. How do you show affection to yourself? Mm. So things like baths, so water, it's really soothing, weighted blankets, pillows on top of ourselves, pets, 
really good. Yeah. Fidget toys. I know it's not the same as having another human being there and like there's no better feeling than kind of feeling held in someone else's arms. But is there a friend or a family member? And I understand not everyone has access to people at the same time. So it might be a beauty therapist getting a facial or a massage. Like don't dismiss um, the power of physical touch from a stranger. It's so true because I was obviously single for nine years and I really got good at romancing myself. Like you said, like the baths, I would get regular facials, Mm -hmm. regular massages. And of course, not everyone has the resources to do that. And there was definitely a period in my life where I certainly didn't. But I then got my cat who Mm -hmm. improved my life Mm -hmm. by 110%. So it's, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Doing things like that, they're great. Um, but yeah, it is hard being on your own. Feel it can make you feel really lonely without that other person there. Um, but often the physical touch is the top layer of what we're really missing. Like we think, like that can be like the surface level of what we need. We really need to get curious about what do I believe about myself when I think that I'm lacking physical touch? Does that mean I'm unlovable? I'm unworthy? I'm going to die alone? Like if you really want to unpack it more, I think the clearer we get about what our core beliefs are around that fear of touch um, can really help us understand what we need. Love that. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on Sunday Dating. Thank you for having me. My modern women, thank you so much for listening to this Sunday Dating Scaries episode with Rachel Tocasio. If you'd like to hear more from Rachel and I, don't forget to sign up to the first ever Single at 30 online event being held by Rachel and I this October via the Single at 30 Facebook group. My modern women, I love you all and we'll see you this Wednesday at midnight for another guest app.